And now your host. Hello, and welcome to this very important and timely episode of Cindy's Political Corner. We are very honored to have two distinguished guests, leaders in their fields, talking about the headlines in the news that are affecting every American, whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, a conservative, or progressive. We have a huge show, so welcome into my corner. Every single day, we are seeing headlines that are scaring the average American person that doesn't follow politics. They see mask mandates. They don't know what to expect from a new virus. They see school violence. They see businesses closing. They see crime everywhere. Everything that our American democracy stands for is at risk right now. Why is this happening? Our guest will discuss it with their expertise and share it facts with you to prove the points. You know, nothing happens overnight. This past week, I was very lucky to be a guest on the uh, podcast radio show on WABC with Rudy Giuliani and Dr. Maria Ryan. And we were talking about my lawsuit. And the one piece of information that every journalist, every interview uh, asks me, and it comes up in conversation is, what is going on in the education system now? And I'm telling you, if people took my lawsuit seriously a decade ago, many of those people that are rioting, many of those people that are standing up with Black Lives Matter and other radical groups, many of the people in their 20s who believe in government entitlement that are in their 20s and cannot afford to get married or move out of their parents' house, Many of the people in their 20s that believed in a system of public education and a system that catered to their every need from free lunches and breakfast, from summer's programs and after-school programs and activities, even some medical and dental health, anything they wanted was in a public school system, yet they came out of these schools, many of them with failing grades. They were promoted through social promotion. Many of them with little expertise to get a job. And many of them with little feeling of responsibility to elderly in their family, to local neighbors, to friends. And of course, the most important, to defending our country and to be proud to be an American. So I say to you all now, think now about the next decade. Because if you don't like what's going on now, you got to stop it now. Because if you think it's bad now, think about it 10 years from now. If we continue at the rate we're going, we're not going to be a superpower. We're going to be taken over. For those who laughed in 2015, and I said that we were living in pre-Holocaust times in Germany, they said it can never happen here. It's happening. Just this past week, CUNY law students voted to abolish Jewish organizations on campus, including Hillel, because they support the state of Israel. And for those of you who say, Supporting the state of Israel is not anti-Semitism. Then you don't know what anti-Semitism is or racism. People, it's time to wake up. It's time to be scared, very scared. And it's time to do something about it. I love when I go to social events and people are talking about the Biden administration. And then when you ask them to prove their point, they can't. They don't know the facts. I try very hard here to give all the facts. And I invite people from the other side to come on the show. 
I would love to learn from them, debate them, maybe even find a compromise that we can work together. Because ultimately, if we're going to save our country, we're going to have to work together. I can't tell you how many Democrats come up to me and say they voted for Donald Trump in 2020 because they know he's an outsider. They could live without the tweets. But when it comes to policy and when it comes to standing up to uh, both parties, he was a person that represented them. I have to tell you. Everybody's talking. It's a guarantee in 2022 that we're going to take the House and the Senate. I'm telling you right now, nothing is a guarantee. I'm telling you that everybody is talking in New York with such optimism with Eric Adams. And I'm telling you, don't talk that way. He already has received threats from Black Lives Matter leaders. And he's being challenged all over the place because he's pandered to every group to get the votes. Of course, I want Eric Adams to succeed. I want New York to succeed because right now, based on what I've read this week, New York is lagging in the economy more than any other state in the nation. So people can't understand why events like New York Fashion Week in February are questioning reopening and how they're going to do it. They're questioning if their businesses are going to survive past Christmas if sales are so dismal. And of course, entertainment arenas like theaters and movie theaters are all wondering, are people ever going to go out when they could sit home safely, not worry about crime and watch a movie on Netflix or Hulu or any of the other outlets where they can download and stream. So people be scared, be very scared. And start to demand action, whether you're a Republican or Democrat. Because what's going on today on one party line could happen on the other party line. Everything goes in circles. But the most important thing is we should all be working together. We are America, the land of the free and the brave. We are proud and we should be for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Tell me your thoughts. You can reach me through my media, social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Through my website, cindyscorners.com. And through the various outlets that cover the show, especially Talkline Network, Jewish Podcast, and through the various uh downloading stations of iHeartRadio, Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify. You know them by now. Make the New Year's resolution early. Get scared, get nervous, and take action. We'll be back after the next message. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign. I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Hey everyone, this is Sean Kanan, and I'm hanging out with Cindy Gross on Cindy's Celebrity Corner at 6.20 a.m. If you're not watching, then your karate's a joke. So welcome back to this very special episode of Cindy's Political Corner, news in the headlines. And if we're talking about headlines, we have to talk about the most talked about book in the country, the number one best-selling book as we speak. Uh, Miranda Devine, you all know her from the New York Post, her columns. Uh, you know her as a Fox News contributor. And, of course, 
She is the person that brought to light the laptop from hell. Welcome to Cindy's Political Corner. Thanks so much, Cindy. It's great to be with you and your listeners. So uh, I have to tell you, this is a book, once you start reading, you can't put it down. You just want to know what's going on next. And despite how much uh, pre, you know, news we heard before the book actually arrived, there was so much more in this. What made you decide that this was going to be the topic of this book and when and where? And Because it is such a landmark book as far as investigating Hunter Biden. Yeah, well, look, um, I think the moment that big tech decided to censor our stories last year, last October, about the laptop um, was the moment that I realised that this story was so huge that um, that Facebook and Twitter would would come out of the shadows and flex their muscles and show the world their power, uh, that they had absolutely no regard for freedom of speech, the free press, the First Amendment, they were just going to smash the New York Post, the oldest continuously published newspaper in the country, the fourth largest by audience. They didn't care. They had the power and they were going to suppress the story because they were in the tank for the Biden campaign and they wanted more than anything else to get rid of Donald Trump. And, I mean, in that way, they're no different from the other half of the media, the, uh, you know, Democrat-friendly media, the New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, who ignored the story and then traduced our reporting. Um, and, you know, just shortly after we, um, my colleague Emma Jo Morris wrote the first bombshell story from the laptop showing an email from Hunter Biden's Ukrainian business associate thanking him for introducing him to his father the previous night in Washington, D.C. Um, and as soon as we did that, uh, that was when everybody or all, all the media, all big tech decided that they were going to um, make sure that that story never saw the light of day. And this was three weeks before the election. And we know from polls after the election that if um, something like almost half, like 40% of Biden voters knew absolutely nothing about the scandals on the laptop, the, uh, the evidence of influence peddling um, and the corruption. And they did not know that Hunter Biden was under investigation. In fact, no one knew because Hunter didn't tell anyone until after the election. But if, um, if they had known, about one in 10 Biden voters would have um, changed their vote. And in an election that was won by 45,000 votes across a handful of battleground states, that would have made a difference. So the censorship and the ignoring and the traducing of our reporting and of the laptop as Russian disinformation um, had a material difference in the election. It was the equivalent of election interference. So I do agree there was election interference. I I. I see it now. I hear from people, Democrats, who tell me they voted for Donald Trump, Democratic elected officials who tell me they voted for Donald Trump and they can't figure out how they won. So the book is out now and people know they're seeing more articles. They know you. uh, They see what's going on in the country. Do you feel I mean, I still feel and I don't know how you feel about this, that we are going to get vindication and actual legal um are the are the courts going to actually follow through and actually punish hunter biden and the people that is associated with him that are in, discussed in the book i don't know uh we know that there are multiple investigations into hunter biden and his uncle jim biden but we also know from hunter biden's own memoir that he woke up the night after the election when his father won um feeling a great sigh of relief because he knew that now uh, you know, Donald Trump and his people couldn't so-called persecute him or come after him. Uh, and, of course, Joe Biden has par- pardon power. So um, I think, you, you know, he, he, Hunter Biden could feel fairly safe uh, from any, uh, you know, molestation by the authorities. Um, however, what we do know is that the Republicans, um, if they win back the House and the Senate particularly, 
um, in the midterm elections next year, um, they are going to move ahead with investigations. Um, already, Chuck Grasley and Ron Johnson did a really good investigation. I mean, that was without the material on the laptop. That was without Tony, the benefit of having Tony Bobolinsky, Hunter's uh, former business partner, um, all his documents and text messages and WhatsApp messages, which I have and which forms part of the jigsaw puzzle um, in the book. Um, so they already, the Grasley Johnson Senate inquiry into Hunter Biden, Burisma and corruption was really very good. They had access to, um, you know, Treasury Department documents, these suspicious activity reports that banks are required to file um, with the Treasury Department if there is suspect money coming into American bank accounts. And when it came to Hunter and Jim Biden and their business associates, there was a lot of money pouring in, tens of millions of dollars, and a lot of that was flagged as suspicious, uh, whether it be from China or the $3.5 million from the Russian oligarch Elena Bacharina that went into an account associated with Devin Archer, who was Hunter Biden's longtime partner. Um, you know, that, that sort of um, subpoena power and access to those documents that the Republicans will have if they become the majority in the Senate will be invaluable. And now, um, you know, I'm told that they can use my book as a sort of a blueprint or a guide to what's in the laptop, to what's in Tony Bobolinsky's uh, own phones, three phones that he handed over to the FBI. So in conjunction with um, the investigators, uh, we, we should hope that at the very least, we'll know the full story of the wrongdoing of Joe Biden and his family over many, many years. I love the fact you open each chapter with a quote from uh, either, like, I love this one. Hunter Biden, the Delaware way, he sent a text message to his daughter Naomi in 2019. I hope uh, all you can do what I did and pay for everything for the entire family for 30 years. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. I mean, these are great. You really have, and I know you because I've worked with you on other uh, stories and I know how detailed you are. I mean, you really check your facts carefully and then triple check them and your resources. I mean, it's amazing how you were able to get all this and share all this. It's really, I mean, you like it entertaining besides factual, which is unique. Have you um, received any threats or anything from the book, writing the book or anybody like trying to intimidate you? Uh I mean, look, I, it's, I guess, a fact of life in our business. Um, and so, you know, we take precautions. Um, so that, that's about it. But, uh, you know, I, I've had a few warnings. Um, you know, this is the President of the United States. And uh, this is material that they've gone out of their way to deny exists. And Hunter was playing in, you know, the playgrounds of, the, the most corrupt oligarchs in the world. He was a mingling in the inner sanctum of both Vladimir Putin and President Xi Jinping. And uh, his partners um, almost invariably ended up in jail, um, you know, dead, uh, murdered or disappeared. And Hunter Biden just seemed to have a guardian angel overlooking him the whole time. And we know that he had Secret Service protection uh, during a lot of his overseas uh, travels. But um, he, he must, uh, I don't have any evidence for this, um, but you just think that he put himself in so many dangerous situations. He was addicted to crack. Um, he was addicted to prostitutes and porn. Um, he was really in a very compromised position and a very risky, vulnerable position. And yet he always managed to escape unscathed. And so you can only wonder if during the period that his father was vice president, if the intelligence services, our intelligence services, weren't looking after him, keeping an eye on him, making sure that he was rescued from any uh, dangerous situations. Um, because, I mean, they wouldn't be doing their job properly, would they, if they were allowing the vice president's son to be fumbling around the world, mixing in these 
very high circles of America's adversaries. Um, you know, maybe he was even useful to them. We don't know, but it doesn't seem normal that he would have been able to mix in those circles without someone from America knowing what was going on. So moving on from this, because this is so much of it, and you're talking about now people, you brought up an excellent point. People now know that they didn't know. You think it's going to change what's going to happen in 2022 as far as taking the House, taking the Senate? I, I don't really think so. I mean, I, I think what's the, the, the most important there has been Joe Biden's um, performance in the 11 months that he's been president. Um, you know, the damage that's been done to the country. Um, I think the realisation from independents and, and people who voted for Joe Biden, many of them, that he, he isn't what he said he would be. Um, I think the, lap, the laptop from Hell My Book augments that view because Joe Biden has spent his entire career um, presenting himself as someone that he's not, someone of good character, a modest, humble man, um, you know, very knowledgeable. Uh, he's none of those things. And, um, and you know, uh, even as a father, I think he's lacking because what kind of father puts his addicted son in front of gushing torrents of unaccountable cash and puts him into the clutches of these really evil people overseas? Um, and so uh, I think that, the scales have fallen off the eyes of many Americans who have spent the last, you know, Joe Biden's entire career, more than four decades, thinking of him as a man touched by tragedy, uh, an empathetic man, a good man, um, maybe a bit of a joke, maybe a bit of a Blarney artist, um, but a decent man. But when they realise, just from the way he comports himself, that he doesn't have empathy, that he's, a, that he's stuffed up everything, that he pretended to be a unifier and a moderate, and he's actually in bed with the far left radicals. Um, you know, everything he touches turn is the re reverse Midas touch. Everything he touches turns to ashes. So I think that more than anything else is really going to um, make voters come out in 2022 and flip the scales of power. And that'll be a good thing for America. But I mean, we have to wait until then. It's a long time. And a lot and, could happen. Like they all say, we have to wait three years for another president. I don't know if we could wait. Look what's happened in less than 12 months. Well, we have no choice, really. But, um, you know, and Joe Biden, uh, I, you know, he, he's clearly cognitively slipping. But I don't think people should let him off the hook for that because he's still very much in charge, I'm told, behind the scenes. He, he calls the shots. Uh, the people around him, he surrounded himself with sort of beta-style men. Um, and those people around him do his bidding, um, and we can see the results. So you don't have to tell us if you're doing something, but do you have another big scandal that you're ready to scoop after the book? I know you're busy the, uh, this month promoting this book, but I know the way you think. I'm sure you have something in your head that you're thinking of uh, letting the world know. Yeah, I'm working on a few different stories, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that, Cindy. I think um, just stay tuned. So we don't know much about you personally because we see you all the time with Fox and, and on a story or on this. You're from Queens and you're a mathematician. That's amazing yes. how a mathematician became one of the most respected investigative journalists. Oh, thank you. Interesting you say that. Um, yes, well, I was born in Jamaica, Queens. Um, I only spent two years there, but um, I uh, then went to uh, my family, moved to Tokyo for six years, seven years, and uh, I went to an American school there. So I had a very strong American accent. And then when we moved to Australia when I was about 10 or 11, um, almost overnight I practised and developed my Australian accent because kids like to fit in. Um, so there you have it. But but since then, um, you know, my parents moved back to the United States, to Chicago and uh, to New York and uh, so I, I went to school in Chicago went to Northwestern University and uh, worked to the Boston Herald for um, two or three years and you know have have been in in America living here off and on for quite some time uh, but now I'm back I've been back since 2019 working for the New York Post and uh, it's interesting I lived in New York back in the 80s um, in the bad old days when crime was out of control and uh, I'm just watching the city in front of my eyes fall back into that same 
terrible position that it was then. And, uh, you know, is there a Rudy Giuliani who's able to rescue us? I doubt it very much. I doubt it also. I I don't know. I think we're going worse before we get better. What do you do for fun? Oh, um, well, um, my, uh, my husband and I, we love to walk around New York and just discover it. Um, I mean, before the pandemic, things were different, you know, go to movies, go to plays, um, read um, and so on. But I mean, the pandemic, I guess, has changed everything. So, um, but we still like to walk, you know, I guess that's what you can still do. And um, Central Park is just such a beautiful place. And everywhere you go in Manhattan, there's somewhere new to discover. Um, and, and last night, someone told me that I have to go to Staten Island and um, and sign some books there at the Barnes and Noble. And then he's going to take me to the best pizza place um, in the country. I can't remember the name of it, Lee's or something, I think. So, so, um, so yeah, that that's that's part of the fun. I mean, when you live in a in a city like New York, um, it never ends. You know, the the interest and the change, uh, you know, for the worse, but. But uh, but it's still interesting. Any uh, final thoughts you want to share with our audience about the book? Well, look, the book went straight to number one on Amazon, which is a great thing, but it's also a problem because they ran out of books fairly quickly. Um, and so just um, hang in there because there are more hardcovers uh, coming on stream. Uh, they started printing them, in fact, before um, the book went on sale on November 30. So they should be coming to bookstores and back to Amazon shortly. Um, and I mean, there's always the ebook and the audiobook, which is really good. The audiobook was read um, by uh, a, a guy with a, I can't remember his name, Richard, but he, um, he has a great, a great style. And I think he's had a lot of good reviews. You can get it on Amazon, you can get it in major bookstores. Miranda Devine, thank you so much for what you have done for journalism. We have very few real journalists today, and you are number one right now. The book is Laptop from Hell. You can read her columns regularly in the New York Post. You can see her regularly on Fox News as a uh, contributor. Miranda Devine, thank you so much for joining Cindy's Political Corner. Thanks, Cindy. Hello, everybody. It's Mark Feuerstein, and I am so psyched to be here with Cindy Gross, the great Cindy Gross, as she interviews me on Cindy's Celebrity Corner. She's the best. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign. I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Welcome back to this very important episode of Cindy's Political Corner headline news that's changing America for the worse. There's no other way to say it. I'm sorry. Joining us now is somebody who for many, many years has been at the forefront of taking on the uh, establishment, taking on people that are trying to destroy America. He is one of the best-known attorneys. He's so well-known that one of the characters on the West Wing was inspired by him. The writers uh, actually even use his name closely. And he is the founder of both Judicial Watch and Freedom Watch. Welcome to the show, Larry Klayman. It's my great honor to be with you. So, Larry, I know you many years, and you have been a friend, and we think alike in a lot of ways in regard to where the country is turning And I guess uh, there were a lot of headlines this week in every single area that 
relates to your expertise and even some of your your clients. So the first thing I want to ask you about, because you are very um, outspoken about what's going on in America, the two-party system, what do you think is going on legally in regards to both Mark Meadows being recommended for contempt of court and, of course, the Peter Navarro situation where he is not going to comply with the subpoena? Why is this such important issues when our country is falling apart? You're absolutely right, because this is an effort to deny President Trump from running for re-election, so to speak, in 2024. They want to keep this out there. They want to bloody Trump. It's not really a question of Mark Meadows or Peter Navarro. It's a question of Trump. And actually have their Trump card, because the minute uh, President Trump announces, if in fact he decides to do that, these rabid prosecutors in New York City, where you are, these leftist Democrat prosecutors, mark my words, will indict him, however incorrectly and improvidently and illegally, for tax evasion and tax fraud. And that'll tie him up for the next several years to keep himself and his family out of prison. Can you imagine Trump being tried in front of a New York City jury, or for that matter, a District of Columbia jury? It would be a lynching. That's where it is today. And, and it's vicious politics. Uh, the left, if I may go just quickly, has a five-part plan to destroy the country, and they don't want anyone to get in their way, Trump or anybody else. Number one, take total control of the American people using COVID-19 as an excuse to impose a dictatorship. Two, turn the FBI and its Justice Department, my once proud alma mater, into a Gestapo to quell all dissent, whether it's January 6th peaceful protesters or parents or whoever. And they have lists of people that they watch. Three, to destroy... Uh, the economy by pumping trillions of dollars into the economy to create massive inflation, which we've got at this point, and also the incentive for people not to work to destroy capitalism, because we now are in a socialist world. They want to take it into a communist world, in my opinion. Fourth, destroy Judeo-Christian values. And you see that in the teachings in the school, whether it's critical race theory or teaching, telling kids that homosexuality is normal. You know, homosexuals and transgenders and lesbians and others, they deserve their rights. They deserve to live their life in peace. But the reality is, is that you don't push it on kids and you don't tell them it's neat because it's really sad, you know, that people have to live that way and they should be respected, but it's not normal. So, and then last but not least, destroy the military, which we see in Afghanistan, how that occurred, destroy the morale, destroy the functioning of the military. And it's, it's, a, it's a very diabolical plan which has worked because the country's all but been taken over almost 100%, I'd say about 90% by the radical left. Oh, and I forgot crime. Defunding the police, giving prosecutors, Soros prosecutors, uh, free reign to let people out of prison. That's why I'm wearing my America's Sheriff hat today. Because I formed a group uh, with Sheriff Joe Arpaio called America's Sheriff to protect and support the police and against the rampant crime that we see today. Well, he's been a guest on our show and and we certainly support him because when he was running Arizona with Jan Brewer, it was certainly a different state. Well, it was. It's a great state. Um, It's still Republican. But of course, you and I talked about this in the words of Hillary Clinton, which were disgusting words and disrespectful and showed her culpability with regard to Benghazi. What difference does it make? It actually applies to the Republican Party because you know, when they've had control of all three branches of government, they couldn't reform Obamacare. They couldn't balance the budget. The leaders of the Republican Party knew what was going to happen in Afghanistan. They got national security briefings. They wanted it to happen. And it's why when you turn on Fox News, they're all smiling because they think it's going to get them back into power. But, you know, my point is, what difference does it make? Uh, I believe we need to declare independence. We have to have more political parties. We need to set up a new government, not a new nation and come up with a way to select judges who will protect us, not the hacks that we currently have on the the federal bench. And that, you know, gets into my book. That's what I wrote about. I was just going to get into it. Your book is called It Takes a Revolution. uh, And you couldn't say, I believe we're going through a revolution right now. We might not all have guns in our hands and we might not be in a battlefield, but we are in a battlefield in our everyday lifestyles. And I think your title really is, is really so timely. And 
Uh, I'm sure all the details that you just gave us are in the book. Let me ask you, I mean, I'm going to go through a couple of things that you mentioned in detail a little further. You mentioned Donald Trump a lot and you mentioned about the Republican Party. I live in a blue state and I can tell you there are more Donald Trump's supporters here than they are really the New York State GOP. What is going on in our country that our GOP cannot get its act together? Well, they've become a racketeering enterprise. How many emails do you get every day, Cindy, asking for money? It's the consultants. I don't even think that Trump knows the full extent of how these people are using his name to raise money for themselves. It goes right into their pocket, the consultants. And I've heard Trump talk about the dishonesty of consultants. Some of them he let go, you know, in the last six months. But um, it's ridiculous. And I get emails saying, you know, now you got to contribute to his social media platform. And, you know, American people need their own money. The president, Trump, I still consider him to be the president, is worth over $8 billion, he says. You don't need to take money out of our pocket right now. We don't have it. The American people don't have it. And then I get emails that say, uh, your subscription has run out, okay, to the Republican Party. I never had a subscription subscription. Although I, I am I am a Republican nominally. I just haven't had time to quit. I'm forming a new party called the New American Independence Party, which we need more competition. We need more parties. And uh, Russ Verney, who, who formed the Reform Party for uh, Ross Perot, is assisting me with that. So we, we know what we're doing. And how is that going to affect like the Conservative Party? Well, we can ally. Uh, we're not saying that we're exclusive. We need, we need, you know, like what they do in Europe, coalitions of parties that come together, like in Israel, for instance. Okay, uh, and but the Republican Party is the flip side of the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is pure evil, in my view. They're inhabited by the devil, and the Republican Party is just interested in making money and getting reelected, and they don't want to stick their neck out uh, at all. So, you know, to get back to your initial question, when you go after Mark Meadows, who I always liked, actually. I've had, you know, contact with him, uh, not over January 6th, but before that on, on mass surveillance against the American people, uh, they are sending a message that conservatives, people of faith, those who believe in the vision of our founding fathers should not question their total control, their total dominance over it, over us. And who is, who are these radicals? These radicals, and most people in these groups are good people that just want to be left alone, radical blacks. We can see what's happening with the smash and grab. I think Black Lives Matter is behind this. It has a political purpose. They're organized. Okay? They want to scare people. They want to, a way to destroy the economy and scare people. Well, we know it's Black Lives Matter because they already put out a holiday boycott. Do not buy from white businesses. But white business leaders, so many of them for months have been supporting Black Lives Matter. And I haven't heard any of them say, wait a minute, we supported you for months. Is this what you're going to do to us? Well, but here's who's behind the Black Lives Matter, because many of the people in the Black Lives Matter aren't that sophisticated. So you know what? It's the Jewish left. You and I are not the Jewish left. And I want people to understand that these are not Jews. They're Marxists. I don't want them to foment anti-Semitism against Jewish people. But I can't stand them, the Jewish left. I mean, people like Nadler, Schiff, Blumenthal, you know, the whole lot of them, Krasner in Philadelphia, the, the D.A., Etc. They are working with Black Lives Matter to destabilize the country. They're Marxists. Then you've got the radical Muslims like Tlaib and Omar and others. They're doing their part. And you've got radical LGBTQTs, radical feminists, and of course, atheists, because you can't have belief in God if you're going to have the state as the all-powerful. That's communism. So they're all working together, these radicals. And most people in these groups are, are decent people. But these radicals have seized control of the country. And like you said, Liz, I worked on the National Diversity Coalition with Trump. I worked with black leadership, Hispanic leadership. There are many good people from every group, every religion, every cultural background. They don't stand for this. They're quite embarrassed of this. And they don't understand, including myself as a Jew, I don't understand where people in my part, in my religious group, as a putting up with this. There are black Republican business people, even black Democrats don't understand, example, the vaccine, uh, the vaccine mandate. Well, that's right. And, you know, talking about the Jewish left, they're even trying to destroy Israel. 
Okay, so, you know, El Jerez, you know, it's the equivalent of the New York Times over there that on a daily basis trashes, you know, conservative Israelis that, you know, want to protect themselves from the Arab world. Okay, so, you know, this is what you're up against. It's pure evil. But here's the, the story. Okay, I, my book, you know, that I wrote last year, and I hope people will get it at freedomwatchusa.org with a contribution of $50 or more. I'll send it to you for free. It helps us do our work. We have citizens grand juries. We have third continental congresses. We have hard-hitting lawsuits. But uh, there'll be a new version. I want you to get both and read them and compare them. It's going to come out in February. And it's called It Takes a Counter-Revolution. Because now it's a counter-revolution. The left has seized total control. And then the subtitle is Wake Up America. And what I was just going to bring that up. Yes. You know, what I'm saying is, even in my own family, you know, some people are saying to me, Larry, you know, why don't you retire? Okay. Why don't you just take it easy and, and, uh, enjoy life? You know, you can't do that. Jefferson and Washington would be millionaires in today's world, even with inflation. That's how rich they were, but they knew that unless they put their foot down with King George the third, they couldn't reason with him that they needed to declare a new nation. And if you care about your kids or grandkids and future generations, as our founding fathers did, because frankly, King George III wasn't that bad compared to these people. King George III was not a socialist. He was not a communist. He was not, not a radical member of the Marxian Jewish left, not a radical black, not a radical feminist, not a radical atheist. He just simply wanted over taxes to pay for the rest of his empire. These people that are in control of our country now are evil. Our country is being run by a brain-dead moron who had to plagiarize works over time because he's not smart enough to write anything on his own. And then a cackling witch of a vice president, which uh, is the sole sister of another cackling witch, who is the uh, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. This is scary. So I tell people that the number one issue that they should be concerned about, because it really is our future, is education. And we've seen education spotlighted like we've never seen before. And having the longest running lawsuit in New York Supreme Court, where I still can't get my uh, discovery and my uh, witness interrogations completed because the New York Department of Education refuses to comply. I will tell you that I get asked every single day, and you must, it must relate to all the work you are doing. Why is education so horrible in the United States, and why are they trying to destroy America? Well, because they're, they know that they'll take it down to ground zero. You remember Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand? We're living through worse than Atlas Shrugged, where everybody was so-called equal communism. You couldn't have achievement because that was something that everybody could not achieve more than another. And someone by the name of John Galt, an industrialist, left and took all of the intelligentsia with him and they drove the country down to ground zero and then presumably with the goal of coming back and taking over. Well, the left's doing that in reverse. They, they want to destroy the country so they'll have total control over us. That, that's the basis of it. They have to get rid of all of our values, our Judeo-Christian values. They have to get rid of our heritage with our founding fathers. They have to deem every white person a racist at birth because we are the majority. So you must destroy the majority and uh, so on and so forth. You know, so it, it's, it's a master plan. They know what they're doing. They've thought it out. And we conservatives and people with faith and libertarians, we've been sleeping all these years while this cancer has been growing. Before we close and share the information about the book and where people can reach you, I know you're doing a lot of activity uh, you are putting together events. You are working on several cases. Share with us what you can about some of the activities you're doing right now. Well, first and foremost, as I write about in my book, we have a right to take our legal system back, just like our founding fathers did when the king took it away from us, back to the court of St. James. In 1992, the late Justice Anton Scalia, writing for the majority of the Supreme Court, in a case United States versus Williams, you can look it up on the Internet, said the grand jury belongs to the American people, not the three branches of government. That's what he ruled. So we are conducting citizens' grand juries. We've indicted Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, James Biden. We're going to be trying them for bribery from communist China, Ukraine, and Russia. And frankly, negligent homicide for what went on 
in Afghanistan. I mean, they ordered a drone strike that killed seven kids in, in a negligent fashion at best, at best. And we're going to be trying him at the end of, of January. So we've indicted Mueller. We've indicted Fauci, who I call Dr. Mengele. And we've indicted uh, uh, Mueller. And these people are not held accountable. Without the rule of law, without the people's justice, this will continue. And then secondly, we had a Third Continental Congress, Cindy, and you're invited to participate as we go forward to uh, debate whether we should be declaring independence again. I believe we should create a new government. We should make some fine tuning to the Constitution, elect federal judges, not there for life, Jefferson said, for life, un unelected, accountable to the people, they would become despots and tyrants, which they have. You can see how they're persecuting the February, January 6th peaceful protesters. It's one example. They fear for their own lives, frankly, because they know the American people are onto them. And, and, and coming up with other fine tunes to the Constitution, not throwing it out, but a little adjustment here. And then getting leaders who are, who are courageous, people maybe even like Tulsi Gabbard, you know, even a Democrat who's, who's, who's gone independent or, or Michelle Bachman, who was thrown out, you know, of Congress by, by John Boehner, who wouldn't even let her in, in, in his office, or even Sarah Palin or other people who know just how corrupt their own party was. And it's Democrats and Republicans. We, we need new parties. We need, uh, more competition. Well, I could tell you in New York, I know that in both parties, they're doing everything they can to align committee mem members and county leaderships into this 2022 gubernatorial race so that there's no competition. And I am hearing on the ground, the people want primaries. They don't want to be told anymore from a party leader who to vote for. Are you hearing that also? Yeah, well, I'm saying... Yeah, I'm going to step beyond that. I'm saying the system is so broken. It's so it's in stage four terminal state that we start over. I want to create a groundswell. And, you know, ask yourself this question. Uh, you know, we're both Jewish. We know what happened to the ancient Egyptians. Okay. When they wouldn't let our people go, God sent a plague. Okay. And he also killed the firstborn son of each Egyptian family. Moses took as an opportunity with God's grace to leave. And he looked for the promised land. It took him 40 years to find the promised land. Got lost in the desert. We don't have time for 40 years, Cindy. No, we don't. We don't even have time for three years. Let's be realistic. Look what happened in uh, less than 12 months. We don't have time for six months. So, you know, we got to do something now. And I say this, we declare independence. We form a new government. We don't go violently against the current government. Let's give the people a choice. And we put up leaders like of the caliber of George Washington or Ronald Reagan or whoever. Trump did good, Cindy, but he was too abrasive. Okay. He turned a lot of people off. Okay. And we need someone like Trump who knows how to communicate with all the people. Okay. And, um, and we need to thank him for what he did. He did great stuff, but you know, now it's time. And he is coming back. He is probably coming back. And probably I think he's going to be stronger than ever because. Even though they claim they're moderate Democrats, I don't believe any of them are because all the moderate Democrats have never called out the squad with all the hatred, haven't called out any of the nonsense. And in fact, our next guest, Miranda Devine, is really the person who's really called out Hunter Biden with the corruption more than anyone else. Well, and so, we invited him for that. I hope Miranda will testify at our at our trial because we're having a trial in January. I'll, I'll contact her myself. But what I'm saying with Trump is, the minute he announces he'll wind up getting indicted by that by uh, the Pro Cyrus Vance's successor in New York City, that's going to tie him down for the next few years. There is no political messiah. There is none. No. Okay. The political messiah has not come yet. Okay. We need to find the, our own self. The American people need to do it for themselves right now. Well, Larry, we could go on and on, and you're going to be coming back again. The book is called "It Takes." A counter-revolution. That's the new one coming up. Wake up America. First, it, there's actually two books. It takes a revolution and it takes a counter-revolution. It's all on the Freedom Watch website. And you were the beginning before anybody else with Judicial Watch. And now look where it is. Yeah, there's an article up there. I was the Tea Party before the Tea Party was cool. And uh, you can get it at freedomwatchusa.org. Freedomwatch. USA.org or americassheriff.org. 
Well, thank you so much for joining Cindy's Political Corner. It's such a timely uh, show. Headlines, you're you're always welcome back. You share everything with us. We didn't even go into so many of the other issues going on, so many of the other public cases that are going on, like Jeffrey Epstein and that case going on, et cetera. So please, we need legal expertise on what we need to know and what we can do because our legal system is failing us on every level. Yeah, it's not just failing. It's failed. It's, it's, it's terminal. Anyway, you're great, Cindy. So, yeah, I'd love to come on some more and, and share some thoughts with you because we need people like you. We're, well, we're thank not- you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, I'm Kevin Sorbo, and I always listen to Cindy Celebrity Corner along with the amazing Cindy Gross. Welcome back to Cindy Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And just like that, the hour flew by. I promised you great guest, great conversation, and lots of information to think about. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please let me know what you think. You can reach out to me through my website, Cindy's Corners, and email me through there. Or you can reach me and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Never miss an episode. Download it on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Jewish Podcast, and you can also listen to us through the Talkline Radio Networks. Thank you for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner, where all our angles and points meet and where you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy the Celebrity Corner. Thank you and have a good night.